Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. That's our one and only super producer, Max Williams. Give him a hand, folks. Uh, they called me Ben. Noel, you and I have started traveling again. I think we've you've had some adventures. I've got some on the way uh, that I can't disclose quite yet. But I don't think either of us has ever been to Albania. No, I've been to Albany. Is that, is that the same thing? Albany, I mean, Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. Or Albany, New York. I haven't been to Albany, New York. You know, I've actually never been to Albany, New York, or or Georgia. I was lying. <laughs> but those would definitely be more in like my, you know, immediate region of travel. Albania sounds like a real, a real exotic destination. Oh yeah. I uh I read the wiki travel articles for different countries all the time and, and expat forums, et cetera, et cetera. And Albania has a, an amazing, unique history, kind of a crossroads between Europe and the rest of the world to the east. Uh, especially the Ottoman Empire. Uh, it wasn't until November of 1912 that Albania proclaimed its independence from the Ottoman Empire. And that's part of where our story takes place today because it turns out, you may not have heard of this guy, but uh, Albania, for a little less than a week, had a king named King Otto I. And he was king for um, about five days. Yeah, 
we don't want to spoil this. So let's like uh, save the surprise for just a little bit mm-hmm. further and go into the events that led up to this elaborate subterfuge that started in the autumn of 1912 when the Balkan League's uh, conquest of the Ottoman Empire's European territories um, started a massive international crisis um, that was going to cause lots of problems in uh, Europe, um, you know, in general. Uh, there could have been a massive uh, European-wide war that was triggered by this diplomatic crisis. Yeah. And as we know, there is going to be a not just European war, but a world war a few it's years coming. later. It's on yep. the way. Yeah, it's bacon in the oven as we speak. The crisis comes about because Serbia wanted to get access to the Adriatic Sea and Austria-Hungary was dead set against it. They were like, no way, Serbia, stay in your lane. And because of this dispute, Austria-Hungary was on a, um, it was coming into clear conflict, not with just Serbia, but with Serbia's big daddy at the time, Russia. And then, you know, the way that these wars happen, the way these big multiple state wars happen is because of those alliances between countries. They for, they create a domino effect, right? It's like if you are picture, if um, Max and Noel and you listening along at home, ridiculous historian, picture the four of us are hanging out. We're having um, we're going bowling or something and people in the next lane, one of them starts a fight with Max. I don't know why he would. He's the nicest guy. And then you, ridiculous historian, and Nolan, myself are like, hey, 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 you mess with that guy. You mess with all of us. We're basically like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles here. It's true. And then all of a sudden, there's no demarcation between the lanes anymore. And you're not bowling anymore. You're just kind of brawling at a bowling alley, which isn't very Mm -hmm. cute. Uh, That's just Mm -hmm. bad behavior is what that is. And uh, then all of a sudden, neighboring lanes get involved because they're like, oh, you're totally screwing up our lane with your, you know, um, irresponsible behavior. And we're not going to have that. Bowling is expensive. (laughs) You got to rent the shoes. I mean, each game, it's like, yeah, it's it's, it's a real commitment. You know, you got chicken wings probably Mm -hmm. uh, getting cold now because Mm -hmm. you're not paying them attention because you're brawling with your neighbor. And that's not good for anybody, is it? No, not at all. In our bowling alley situation here, uh, it's it's easy to trace. It's actually not a bad comparison because, okay, Austria is beefing with Serbia. Serbia has their big brother, Russia. And uh, if Russia beefs with Austria-Hungary, then Austria-Hungary's boy Germany is going to come in, and then Russia's pal France is going to jump in as well. So this would lead to catastrophe. On November 21st, 1912, Austria-Hungary mobilized six army corps near Russia and Serbia. This was clearly a threat of the possibility of war. Oh, yeah. But the foreign minister of Austria-Hungary, Count Berchtold, it's a great name. I love a good count. Um, He had plans of his own. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A a, a curly mustache, you know, a thin, you know, curly on the ends mustache. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had plans of his own. He wanted to support uh, an independent Albania or a bid for an independent Albania. Also, guys, uh, I went ahead and looked up what Count Berchtold looks like. And yeah, he is um, exactly what you'd think he would look like. Amazing. Some stereotypes exist for a reason. You can't really be a count unless you you have some sort of uh, outrageous appearance involving. You got to have some head head accessories. 
you know. No question about it. Yeah. I don't know which um, one's better. There's like the one with his military gear on, but then mm-hmm. there's also the one with just the top hat. And I kind of like the top hat one Ooh, better. Ooh, top hat. Okay. That's when that's when the count's unwinded, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Getting his leisure time in. Okay. So this gets a little complicated um, in terms of just the interplay between all of these nations and and the uh, the various um, uh, motivations at work. But let's just try to simplify it a little bit. Burkhold, in his infinite monocle-wearing uh, wisdom, um, he wanted to stop Serbia from getting access to the Adriatic Sea. And also, he wanted to avoid that larger war that we talked about earlier. Um, in doing this, he wanted to support an independent Albania um, where Serbia had already staked a claim to that position on the Adriatic Sea. Neighboring Montenegro and Greece uh, also in this arrangement would potentially lose parts of Albanian territory that they had claimed. Um, Montenegro in particular, uh, this would include um, some important uh, strategic locations like the city of Scutari, which is where Turkish forces were already under siege by Serbian and Montenegrin forces. Okay. I think mm-hmm. we've kind of got the lay of the land in terms of like the, the way our risk board pieces are laid out. Ben, what happens next? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I meant Monte Carlo. 
I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just I I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally, but it, it still was like a a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So this is clever on Berkdold's part because now it's becoming kind of a proxy war. Right now, the issue isn't Austria-Hungary directly fighting Serbia. Now we're supporting something. We're supporting Albania. And Albania looks good for this. They already had rebelled against the Ottoman Empire earlier that same year. And in as a result of their rebellion, the Ottoman Empire promised them a little bit more autonomy. And now the Albanians are threatened with the possibility of even more oppression by the Orthodox Christians in Serbia. And Albanians are mostly Muslim at this time, so they say, okay, forget about it. We're going we're gonna to go for full independence. Autonomy is not enough. Uh, and just to be clear, uh, folks, Serbia and Albania already had a well-established history of conflict. Uh, we're talking about stuff like the First Balkan War. We're talking about earlier atrocities committed against the people of Serbia by both uh, Turkish and Albanian forces. Uh, you can even read about this in the New York Times uh, from 1912, December 31st, last day of 1912, uh, where they say thousands of men, women, and children were massacred during the Serbs' march to the sea as part of a deliberate policy to exterminate people of the Muslim faith. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Exterminate all members of the, this is the first I've heard of this, Ben. What's the beef there? Well, the idea there is ideologically motivated. It's also resource motivated. The general Western consensus of this was that uh, the Serbian forces were fighting dirty using unjustifiable murder. And this, of course, would foreshadow later atrocities to come. But all to say, what you need to know about this is Count Berthold was definitely aware of this past enmity, and he was leveraging this, again, in a, in a relatively complex geopolitical calculation to keep the Serbs from getting that sea access. And uh, this is where we meet a guy named Ismail Kemalik. Ismail Kamali would be uh, the he would be the protagonist of this Albanian move for self determination. Ismail Kamali was a former Ottoman um, admin. Let's just 
calling that in the parlance of our time. Uh, he was he was a bureaucrat. He was the father of Albanian nationalism, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ben, nationalism typically, you know, you you could look at it on one hand as like patriotism, but it usually involves some sort of othering and uh, ideals uh, of exterminating those that are different than us, or at the very least, keeping them at arm's length. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. It's the idea of being uh, of strongly identifying with one's own nation and what you see as that nation's goal, especially to the exclusion of the interest of other nations. So like right. if, if we were strong nationalists in a way that nationalism goes wrong, let's say we wanted to do something that was very good for Maine, but it was very bad for all the parts of Canada connected to Maine as nationalists, our response would be, well, who cares? That's Canada. That's not us. Go USA. Other parts of Canada be down. Yeah, Maine is number one. Maine uber alles. So uh, this guy, uh, father of Albanian nationalism, Ismail Kamali, he comes back from exile. Uh, he's been exiled. And with some help, with a little bit of a boost, or, you know, uh, an assist from Austria-Hungary, um, he convenes an assembly of Albanian nationalists at Vlore. Um, uh, oh, gosh. It's got the umlaut over the E. Vlore. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's got the umlaut over the E. So I'm thinking the E is an U sound. Um, yeah, just but, picture uh, it, it in your mind. I'm, I'm picturing, <laughs> picturing it in my mind and trying to say the way the picture looks, but they're not quite adding up. But uh, I will sally forth. Um so they didn't really have much leverage in terms of actual control of Albanian territory besides that town uh, that I'm picturing the word of in my mind um, right now. But on November 28, 1912, the delegates of this uh, council declared Albanian independence. So that's sort of like, uh, that's, that's what, I don't know, what is that called? Overplaying your hand a little bit, Ben? You don't actually have much juice, you know, or suction in the situation, but you make an outrageous claim, hoping that maybe that in and of itself will be enough to convince people that you're like the, the, the person for the job or that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, this is this is a tricky part of geopolitics. And it's one that I, I, I think people should talk about more often in public and in the mainstream. So if you want to secede or if you want to declare independence, what makes your government legitimate? It's such a silly rule, but it's an important one. Your government becomes legitimate when other world governments say, okay, that's legit. So for instance, take California here in the U.S. California is a state. It has an enormous GDP, like it's huge compared to other countries, just that state alone. And if California tried to secede, uh, it would its legitimacy would hinge on the international community and on the U.S. So if other countries basically said, okay, we believe you, California, you're a country now, then that mm -hmm. would be like the number one step. So that's what, that's what Albania and Kamale are hoping to do here. Like you said, they, they form their government, they form their own national government, and uh, this national government, its representatives choose Kamali as president. But a couple of legislative decisions by a legislature that is yet to be internationally recognized, they don't do much to dispel the facts on the ground, which is that the Serbian forces and their pals from our earlier bowling alley example are still occupying most of yes. Albania and they're not going to leave. They're not going nope. to be like, oh, there was a vote. <laughs> oh, my bad. 
All right, TTYL. No, back to our own lanes. Time to time to resume uh, mm-hmm. our our bowls, our separate bowls. Uh, you know, and put on blinders uh, mm-hmm. to each other. No, that was not going to happen because the lane change had already taken place, and you can't walk that back that easily. I'm sorry, chicken wings be damned. Uh, so on November 28th, um, the Serbs captured a uh, an area called uh, Durazzo. Um, and the Greek Navy started to blockade that town, uh, Vlore, uh, the one that I'm trying to picture better than I'm saying, um, on December 3rd. That's a big deal. <laughs> you can't, you can't, that thing you're talking about, Ben, about establishing like some sort of international connection, you can't do that through being blockaded, right? right? That's literally, you know, what a blockade is. It, it keeps you from uh, exercising trade with anybody or receiving things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, divide and conquer for sure. So their attempt to their attempt to declare independence at this point has only pushed the Serbs into further action. Austro-Hungarian forces are still up there near Serbia and Russia. The whole continent is waiting for the other monocle to drop. <laughs> and if... yes. If Russia and wait, Austria, wait, wait, wait. If, you got, if you have two monocles, isn't that just a pair of glasses? It depends on if you have the little bridge right over the <laughs> nose. That's true. You could have a detachable glasses that become two separate monocles. That'd be a fun flex. Maybe each one is a different strength. We're so Who far knows? ahead of our time. Yeah. So the uh, the the thing is, I mean, we're we're trying we're joking a little bit, but this is a very very serious situation. It's scary, and uh, we want to shout out. Uh, we want to shout out Mental Floss, of course, who did some great work on this. Uh, what was the title of this one, Noel? The title of this one, how did you know, Ben? I'm pulling it up right now. World War One Centennial, Albania Declares Independence uh, was one of the articles for Mental Floss that we have been looking at. And then another one was A New Albanian Crisis by Eric Sass, the Sass master. The Sassman himself. So, yes. So here's what happens. Everybody knows that if Russia and Austria-Hungary go to war with each other, all their allies, the other European great powers, are going to be sucked in. And so these tensions continue to ratchet up until Austria and Hungary eventually agree on a compromise. And all of the all of the big fish, the big dogs of Europe at the time meet at something called the Conference of London. And they agree that the best way to smooth this out and avoid war is, in fact, to create a new independent Albanian state. So problem solved. That's our episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. No, Record scratch. We, we were promised deception, most foul and 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 subterfuge, uh, most elaborate. And mm-hmm. I don't think we hinted at circus performers yet, but we're going to go ahead and drop that hint right now. Swallow and, some uh, swords. Sword- sword swallowers. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we're at that place right now. So uh, appreciate you um, coming along with us for this uh, very, very uh, inside baseball geopolitical portion of the episode. But here comes the fun stuff. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yes, here's the, here's the fun stuff. Okay, so... The Albanian situation is not settled at all. Uh, Serbia and Montenegro are like, these guys, these fat cats over the Conference of London, they don't know what they're talking about. We're nationalists. We're not giving up our claims that easily. So they have decided in a secret pact with Greece to divide Albania into Serbian and Greek kind of, you call them spheres of influence. And they never, the Serbians never actually left Albania. They just said, oh, we're going to like supervise the border, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, folks, you're probably saying, hey, um, this Ismail Kamali dude, uh, he's not the guy you, you guys mentioned at first, is he? He's a president, not a king. That's interesting that you say that because now uh, a new protagonist has entered our stage, an acrobat, 
a weird dude, which, you know, is always a compliment on our show. Uh, his name, Otto Vite. Am I saying that right, Noel? Vite? I think so. Vite, Vite, yeah. Vite. I think I think think Vite like bitter, like please. Yeah. Uh, auf Deutsch. Um, so the thing that's interesting about this, and the reason maybe some of this sounds like convoluted gobbledygook, is because a lot of these claims in these um series, these uh these accounts of events uh following that um proclamation of independence from Albania, uh independence from the Ottoman Empire, are kind of disputed. Yeah. Um, and, and what we're telling today is one version of the story. Uh, and in this version, the independence leaders chose uh, their protector or they essentially, you know, uh, ensconced like a new leader, a temporary leader by the name of a person named Halim uh, Edin, who is a Turkish prince. Uh, and in this version of the story, Edin shows up in Duris, um, which was the Albanian capital at the time, um, dressed in luxurious flowing robes and, and silks and, and adorned with fine incense and myrrh and, and, and oil, sweet-smelling perfumes, I assume, and, of course, was accompanied by a quite large valet, real bruiser of a bodyguard. Um, he immediately declared amnesty uh, for the prisoners of the conflict, declared a week of celebration, um, and he appointed uh, all of these feudal lords a place in his uh, new cabinet. Um, then he was presented with 25 uh, presumably virgin women for his harem. Then it was everyone was really into this guy, and everyone was like, okay, we, we like this guy a lot. It was a very Prince Ali kind of situation. Um, and they decided they wanted to formally crown him king, and they did that. Uh, mm -hmm. He became King Otto. Yeah. For five days. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. And we're in a bit of a face-off situation now, in a good way. So Otto Vite, uh, like we said, weird dude. He has spent most of his life kind of as what you would call a hobo, you know, kind of a carny. He's a lion tamer. He's a magician. He has a nomadic existence. He's traveled across multiple continents. He speaks Turkish fluently. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also loves telling a good story. Like my old man, he will never let the truth get in the way of a good tale. And he, uh, he was a major in the Ottoman army in 1912. And as the Ottoman Empire was disintegrating, Albania was becoming independent, they decided that the only way to really have security in the country was to crown a king. And Albanian people, again, largely Muslim population, would not ever go for your garden variety Christian king of some denomination or another. They wanted a king who was Muslim. So they said, what about this guy? This um, very striking figure that you just described, Noel, Halim Adin. Uh, that suggestion was made and people were on board. So the news was announced. They wanted this man, Adin, to be king. Vite is reading a story in a newspaper while he's uh, living in Budapest, and he says, you know what? I look a lot like this guy. What, what if I, what if I just, what if I just go? What if I just mm -hmm. pull a, 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 what is it, King Ralph with the John yeah. Goodman 
vehicle. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That was where I first learned the name of the uh, the very naughtily named British delicacy Spotted Dick. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because they make, they make a real to-do of that in the movie King, uh, King, King Ralph. Um, yeah, so he's like, you know, I mean, I've done it before after all, right? Because um, one thing we didn't mention about his uh, CV is that he actually, um, through a similar subterfuge, uh, he was named the honorary chief of a pygmy tribe in Africa, um, yep. largely because he was able to wow them with magic tricks and uh, all of that good stuff. So maybe he wasn't necessarily lying. He was just, they, they loved him so much that they made him an honorary chief. Why, why not do it again? Uh, only this time maybe involving a little bit more deception. So he sets off. Yeah, yeah, he sets off. He says, you know what? I am fluent in Turkish. I'm going to pretend to be the king of Albania and uh, uh, let me let me just hop on it, right? Let me strike while the iron is hot. He sends out some telegrams, you know, uh, picture picture the scene in Aladdin where it's like Prince Ali, and so he, he's announcing his arrival. He, <laughs> dude, he literally rents an outfit that looks, you know, like the kind you described because a normal person couldn't afford to buy something of that caliber. He packs his bags. He uh, is joined by his ride or die, a guy named Max Schlipsig, Schlipsig, who is a sword swallower. That's where that yep. comes in. And at this time, they arrive in the uh, in the then capital of Albania, Duris, and he convinces the locals with his wonderful gift of gab that he is, in fact, Halim Adin. He is crowned the new king. The next week is amazing. He has an actual harem, which is a very problematic thing, but he definitely makes use of it. He has yeah. no military parades. He's kicking it in one of the top-tier tents for royals. He decides to declare war on Montenegro because he can. Like, how wild is his Wednesday and Thursday, you know? What would you call this guy? Chaotic evil? Cha chaotic. Uh, he's chaotic something. Chaotic I neutral. I don't, is he, I don't think he's neutral, though, if he's declaring war on Montenegro just willy-nilly for kicks. Well, chaotic neutral is uh, essentially the, the primary guiding force of that alignment. Oh, God. Put it on my nerdy D&D &D monocle here. Let's hear it. it no, put it, it on is that it, they just follow the individual rules. It's like nationalism for one person. I see. Okay, I got it. So he's an army of one. Uh, not worried about anybody else. That makes sense. I mean, the whole thing, what does he think he's going to get out of this other than a handful of days of like, you know, King Ralph type behavior? Um, obviously, he was not aware of that incredible uh, seminal uh, Hollywood classic at the time. But like, did he think this was going to keep going? I mean, surely the real Adele Dazim uh, was going to come. I'm sorry, I'm, I know that's not his name. That's just the name that John Travolta called Edina Menzel uh, at the Oscars that one time, which, you know, made everybody on the internet laugh for, for weeks, uh, months even. I continue to laugh at that joke. Halim Adim. Yeah, that's right. It's not that far off. Um, did you think that guy wasn't going to turn up? Like, I just don't understand what goes through the mind of a person like this. I mean, I guess it's a takes a different type uh, to live that circus life and to just kind of like, you know, fl fly by the seat of, of, of one's pants mm -hmm. in such a dangerous way. Like, this seems like it would just result in him being executed, you know? Yeah, uh, the new, <laughs> you have to wonder. I think he, he got caught up in the, the love of the improv here and the love of the con. So, of course, 
a newly independent Albania, a new king, this makes international headlines. Newspapers and telegrams spend a lot of ink on it. The word spreads quickly, and the word eventually reaches Istanbul. And in Istanbul, this announcement is pretty confusing for the sultan because the sultan knew his nephew, Halim Adin, was on vacation in Vienna. He physically was not in Albania. And right. eventually, Eventually, Vita has to realize, Ole Otto has to say, okay, maybe I jumped the gun a bit. So he and his pal, <laughs> he and his pal, the sword swallower, say, okay, uh, this grift might not last as long as we thought. They raid the treasury, they flee the country, and they go to a place called Bari, B-A-R-I, with uh, some help from some members of the harem, who apparently they have formed a fast friendship with. Imagine so. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, there's many reasons that could have happened. You know what this reminds me of, Ben? This reminds me of the reason that, or the, the very crux of, like, most of the plots of, like, 90s sitcoms, Seinfeld in particular. Like, the, all of these elaborate ruses and misunderstandings are only allowed to continue for as long as they do because of lack of, like, cell phone or, like, fast communication. Sure, the um, Seinfeld this problem. Would, the, the Seinfeld problem. This would have deemed, this whole would have fallen apart instantly if someone could have just like, you know, checked the guy's passport or like scanned his, you know, face and compared it with an actual picture. This is one of those situations that hinges on a lack of technology and the ability to confirm people's stories uh, because he stuck to it hard. He committed to the bit until beyond the bitter end. Because as you said, Ben, um, Vita and Schlepsich actually raided the treasury. They, they made off with some cash. So there was a bit of a heist element here. And then they fled the country uh, to Bari. Um, and several years later, Vita, who is uh, alive, shockingly alive, shockingly alive. Um, he, he writes a book or his daughter rather writes a book and he contributes to this book, uh, you know, in, in the telling of this tale, his daughter, uh, quote, <laughs> princess Elfrida Vita, um, she refers to her father in the book as, quote, the greatest adventurer of all time. He somehow managed to escape any kind of criminal charges or prosecution uh, or any kind of seemingly um, consequences whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the weirdest thing. He did more than just escape the consequences. <laughs> he, uh, he, he didn't get punished in any way and people even today will say that this is just a tall tale uh the old man may have spun because folks will in their defense they will rightly point out that there's not a shred of local evidence to back up any part of his story uh furthermore if you look at the historical record of the ottoman empire there is no prince halim there is no kaiser soze Oh, yeah, that was about Ben. <laughs> out of my head, dude. I think we may spend a little too much time together. I was totally picturing that scene where you look at. Well, this is actually the 
maybe second third. time. Yeah. Second time this has been referenced <laughs> in the last few weeks uh, between our various shows. But this is the part where at the end he's looking up at the board and he's just putting together stuff based mm-hmm. on like words that are just like on like you know Kathy cartoons that are pinned to a cork board, you know, yes. on the bottom of like a coffee mug. Yeah, and well, it makes sense, right? But if you think about it, I mean, the Albanians were so horrifically, you know, um, punked by this yeah. guy that maybe, and also this 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 whole um, prince situation was only meant to be kind of a stopgap or kind of remember they they did not really have the upper hand. So this was all just kind of a farce almost in a way, or their ability to kind of create a front uh, that made it look like they had it under control more than they actually did, if I'm not mistaken, because the Serbs were still breathing down their neck, right, Ben? Yeah, yeah, this is still, I mean, that's the that's the opinion of Vita's supporters, right, is that uh, the easiest way to say it is maybe they were embarrassed that yes. they got played so hard, so they mm-hmm. erased the evidence, uh, which happens, countries and empires do erase stuff, that's part of the gig. Yeah, it was one of Stalin's favorite things to do is someone that like, you know, looked oh, yeah. at him wrong. He would they would just he would just like literally cut their faces out of like all the, the photos that they were why, in together. Why would you ever work for that guy? You know what I mean? It's like, uh, anyway, but <laughs> that's an episode for another day. But yeah, it sure is. After all this does or does not happen, the funny thing is that Vita spends the rest of his life insisting on being called the former king of Albania and the government of Germany capitulates to this insistence. He was able to have former king of Albania on his official <laughs> German ID. Wait, is that is that a thing? Can I get like a special line with some like, uh, you know, what do you call that? Honorific, you know, like, is that like sort of like the equivalent of getting like a vanity plate for I just, I've <laughs> never heard of this before? You can. Uh, it's a little different in the U.S., but you can't what you can do. There is a loophole. Uh, where I'm not officially condoning and I'm not officially saying it's surprisingly easy to do this. Again, I'm not officially saying it is surprisingly easy to do this. You have to commit to the bit, though. If you legally change your name to something that sounds like an honorific mm. or a title, then it will be put on, you know, your passport, your sure. driver's license, your fishing license, your totem chit, whatever. Is there any law against having more than one middle name or having like no. multiple? I, I've No, I didn't think so, right? Mm-hmm. So I could be like Noel Christian, cool guy, McGee Brown, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. If, if, I I, mean, if, I, if I wanted to go all the way with it. The only thing is, uh, I think, I can't remember, the law might be state by state, but the, the main thing is uh, a judge has to agree and think it's a serious thing. So you might have a tougher time if you're like, I'm going to, like if I went to court and said, I'm going to change my name to Snakebite McFistpunch, then I would need to <laughs> like... I would need to have a reason why. You, you would need to demonstrate just unbridled <laughs> badassery to that judge. And then sock him one. And he, and he, would, he would just be like, yeah, I like the cut of this guy's jib. Snake bite McFist punch it is. And then he would also, you know, probably send you to jail for contempt or assault yeah, at the very least. Probably, yeah. But, but with that, is it possible? There may be a law, I don't know yet, but there may be a law that says, like, um, Max can name himself anything he wants as long as it doesn't 
mean that he's impersonating a uh, like it's not for identity mm-hmm. theft or identity fraud, you know. Probably there are there are rules against having swears in there too, I would imagine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would just imagine. I don't know for sure. <laughs> right. Um, which is why Snakebite doesn't have a middle name. Uh Snakebite McFuck around and find out. Punch. Fist punch <laughs> McGillicuddy. Yes. Bolin. <laughs> The third. Yes. Yeah. It's a long line. It's a tradition. So let us know if you have ever gone to court and said, you know, something along the lines of your honor, I would like to change my name to Viscount, you know, whatever, or uh, Duke, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But that's that's what this guy did. That's that's what the German government let him do. So in a way, whether or not the story happened, he was successful. You know what else he did? Hmm. He died. Yeah, he did. On, on August 13th uh, of 1958, the 45th anniversary of his possible coronation. So again, <laughs> we want to make it real clear right. if we had like all the warry stuff that we said, all of that kind of boring geopolitics stuff, true. that's all true. true. Uh, this part may or may not be true because, you know, things get lost in these kind of uh, these these uh, kind of conflicts, you know, details. Um, so I'd like to believe that this is true. Um, Otto Vitza definitely was a real person. So we know that much. Uh, That's we true. know that he died on August mm-hmm. 13th of 1958. Ben, do you know, uh, i put you on the spot here for a little trivia. Do you know what symbol the Albanian flag bears? I do. I do because I've been watching a lot of weird stuff involving Albania recently. It is an eagle, but it is an eagle that does not exist in the natural world. It's an eagle with two heads, and it's kind of, I think they're facing opposite directions, right? Like one's facing left, one's facing right. Yeah, uh, it's a symbol of uh, fortitude, nationalism, and empire, and the two heads are said to represent the northern and southern uh, portions of the of the country. And something that's wrapped up in local folklore, the Albanian name for itself is uh, sh- sh- uh, it's a oh, weird dude. It's got a Q after an S H. How do you do yeah. that? Shkperia. I think so. Shkperia. Which literally translates to Land of the Eagles. Um, mm-hmm. They must really love Hotel California. That's their national song there. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, national band as well. Um, all of whom speak Albanian. All of the Eagles. And <laughs> real big, real big on the, when they stop in that country. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all we got for today. A nice, short, and sweet one. Uh, a very interesting, potentially tall tale situated amidst a very, very real uh, story of a conflict. Yeah, and I, you know what I'd love to hear from our fellow ridiculous historians would be other, other stories of great acts of impersonation like this. This is, this is a con. He did hurt people, to be clear, yeah. because he stole the national treasury or stole from it, uh, so we can't condone it. But there's something I cannot help but admire about the uh, the ambition, the sheer audacity of this sort of con. So let us know. Uh, let us know if there are other stories throughout history that seem similar. We'd love to hear about these rogues and ne'er do wells. Uh, in the meantime, thank you as always for tuning in. Thanks so much to our one and only super producer Max Williams, who is Johnny on the spot when it comes to looking up obscure uh, members of the aristocracy. Thanks to Casey Pegram and and Noel as always, man. Thanks to 
you. I feel like we could pull this off if it weren't for cell phones. I feel like we could pull something like this. Off. You and I? Yeah. Yeah. I could be your wing. I, I, I could be your wingman. Uh, yeah, we could have dual dual wingman. Uh, I'll be the left head of the eagle. Max can be the right, and you can be uh, <laughs> the uh, the the imposter to the throne. <laughs> Great. Just in case podcasting doesn't work out for us, uh, what what country will we try for? We'll we'll have to talk about this off air because no spoilers. Definitely not. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.